Morning. Morning. My memory's getting so bad I forgot to sleep last night. <laughs> then my dumb cat gets in the curtains. I got my spray bottle though, I got her. Twice. It's not mist. Mine's set on pressure wash. I mean, she gets wet. And I fall her clear out of the door. Floor is always wet in the morning, but that's okay. Don't know. Um, all right, super soaker next time. Maybe it's fun. Okay, Romans chapter ooh, 15. Let's start with a prayer. Thank you, Father, for the lesson, Lord, today. Father, pray God did uh, you bless the lesson, Father, pray God you bless the church to follow in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We pretty much. I kind of got ahead of my notes last week. I think we pretty much finished 15, but I'm going to go through a couple of things real, real quickly here. Verse number 30, he says, Now I beseech you. That's the same beseeching as he did in chapter 12, verse 1. He's begging them that they would strive together. That's not strife against. That's strive together with him who... Um, for Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, and strive together with me for your prayers to God for who? Me. me. Amen. Paul's kind of worried about where was he going to go before he went to, or where was he planning on go before he went to Rome? Jerusalem. He was kind of a little bit, a little bit, and he'd been warned by Agabus, remember that? He'd been warned by, you know, you're going to get bound up there. He, you know, took off his whatever he take off, and he made a big one of those knot thingies and put your finger here, and you know, he did, you know, whatever it is, those, I don't know what they call those. But anyways, he did one of those things, and, you know, you're going to be bound up here if you go to Jerusalem, and, and he was, and uh, he was held. And so all this stuff's going on, plus he's worried about this, this gift, this money to the church in Jerusalem. Uh we talked last week about that, and, and he's a little bit worried about them because he's not sure how they're going to accept that. A lot of those Jews had some, some memories of Paul. They knew about Paul. They hated Paul. You know, they followed him around whenever they could, and they tried to undo what he did. Mm -hmm. uh, they tried to redo what he did. And it was, it was really bad. So there was a lot of unbelieving Jews that were opposed to Paul's conversion. They even heard, they even uh, uh, accused him of teaching the, the, um, the Gentiles to forsake the law of Moses. Look at, uh, look at Acts chapter 21, verse 21. Made all kinds of accusations. In fact, let's look at verse number 20. Acts chapter 21. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of what? The law. Wait a minute. <clears throat> thousands of Jews which believe, and they're all zealous of the law. So there's still this conflict there. The early Christian Jews, some of them, they wanted the rights, the R-I-T-E-S rights, still. They wanted all those things they used to do and they used to, used to have been doing, all those things, they wanted to keep doing that. 
Verse 21, And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither walk after the customs. Okay. Yeah. That's not going to do anything for you. That's not going to save you. Amen. Okay. So, Paul was aware of the fact that if he returns to Jerusalem, he's going to <clears throat> expose himself. He's going to be vulnerable uh, for uh, uh, retribution and, and, and attack. So, he was a little bit hesitant about going. He wasn't sure what was going to happen. A little bit um, anxious about it. Many, even among Christians, might have had their minds filled with prejudice against the Apostle Paul. From reports constantly circulating among the Jews that he was opposing and denouncing the customs of Moses. Mainstream media active back in Paul's day. You know, it was on CNN. I don't know what it stood for back then, but um, counter news there. I don't know otherwise, but they were spreading all these false things about Paul and making a big deal. Hey, he's opposed to Moses. He, you know, and that stirred the Jews up. What? He can't do that. But he was right in doing that. Man. He had to talk to the church in Galatia, churches in Galatia about that. You know, uh, talk to the church in. Uh, uh, and in the book of Hebrews about that. Don't go back into that. So he was projecting their acceptance of the gift that he was bringing, but he was anxious about how they are going to receive it. Some of them received it with great joy and grace and, man, appreciation. Some of them didn't trust him, didn't trust Paul. We discussed that last week where Paul was looking forward to a rest. Not the kind of rest he got, I mean, the A rest he got, but the other kind of rest. So he got a rest no matter what he did. But anyways, uh, that wasn't what he was looking for. In verse number 33, back in our text here in 15, Now the Lord of peace be with you all. Amen. That's, that's Paul's... Uh, doxology that's that's his little prayer now the peace of god be with you all paul asked them to pray for him they never met some of them knew paul we'll talk about them next chapter but he really wanted their prayers because he was really not comfortable or really not sure what was going to happen to him and he was delayed in going to rome a couple years yeah he spent some time in prison Let's turn to chapter number 16, the coveted chapter number 16, with all the names in it. I know guys that would teach this chapter and just kind of blurp over the names, but I've been working on them. My Greek isn't so good. It all looks, looks Greek to me. I don't know what to do with it, but uh, I'm, I'm trying. I typed it on my computer and had it read back and say, yep, I can't say that. But I'll do my best. So chapter 16 kind of continues Paul's final remarks that he's making here as he's closing out his epistle. And he talks about these numerous personal contacts. There's about 24 of them. I don't know exact, around 24. 
And he also includes in chapter 16 a warning about divisive teachers. We've got a few several verses about that. And that's that's important. And if we get to there this week, probably next week. Divisive teachers. Uh, we've been around those before. They've visited this church before. Divisive teachers. They've been here. They're gone, but they've been here. They've been in lots of churches we've been in. Divisive teachers. We'll talk about them. Paul was worried about this church because they were coming their way. These divisive teachers were on the were on the way. They had a bus pass. They were going. They were going to get there. So Paul could see that happening because it's been happening everywhere he's been. So he was going to warn them about that. Okay. It's strange when first noted that only Romans and the book of Colossians did Paul name lots of people. Most of the other epistles he didn't name anybody because he was worried about what happens when you work with a bunch of folks and you try to name them all, to say them all thanks, and then you, what, what, do you, what happens? You forget something. You ever been the forgotten one? I have. There's a book about that, the forgotten ones. But it's about something else. Anyways, um, yeah, you're the guy that, that gets forgotten and you get offended. You get miffed. Well, what about me? I did this and so. So that's why we all just say, y'all did great. Appreciate y'all. You know? But he, he noted these folks in Romans and Colossians. And in both instances and in both churches, Paul didn't start them and he never visited them. I'm going to teach Colossians sometime. i got to get a book. Amen. But it's interesting. He didn't start that church. But he had folks he knew that lived there. Okay, so that, that was interesting. So Paul included this, this, this long list of personal greetings. Uh, and and he, was, he, he wanted to thank these people. He knew them from around. He hadn't been to that church. He knew them from around <clears throat> the world. He had been with them. Some of them he'd been in prison with. I write to all my prison mates. I text them. I'm not supposed to have a phone in prison. Anyways, you know, um, he, he knew all these folks from being around. You know lots of folks from being around. Colleges, speaking things, mission, you know, whatever it is. People know people. Uh, so Paul was no exception. Let's look at verse number one. Romans 16. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at uh, Centria. Phoebe, I commend, or I rather recommend to you, that is to your love and assistance, Phoebe. Phoebe was the bearer of the letter. She took the letter to the church at Rome. She was, she was, she's the one who brought it to him. Hi, my name's Phoebe. Read this. And she was not just uh, uh, a woman. She was a great woman. She, had, uh, she was important. It says here, the bearer of this letter, a servant, a deaconess, as the Greek word signifies, of the church of Centria. She was an important person. Verse number two, that you receive her in the Lord as become a saint in that she, uh, ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a succor of many and of myself also. 
Receive her in the Lord. Receive her as a genuine disciple of Christ. As become as saints, as saints should receive each other. That's how I want you to receive Phoebe. A sister in whatever business she has, and it seems that she had some business with the magistrate, and she might need some help from some members of the church. We don't know that. That's just kind of speculation. But she had something going on that she had to maybe have some assistance in. And Paul asked them to help her if she had it, if she asked for it. For she has been a succour of many, and myself also. She had been hospitable, uh, in particular to Paul himself. Uh, she showed that it, uh, she was a woman of some account. She was an important lady. Uh, and it was fitting that the saints of Rome should assist her, as she has assisted so many others. She was a great lady. Verse number three, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ. Paul became acquainted with them in Corinth, where they had traveled from Rome. Why did they travel from Rome? Got kicked out. Uh, okay, so when Paul left Corinth the first time, they accompanied him to Ephesus, and when he departed from Ephesus to go to Jerusalem, they stayed in Ephesus, okay? And then upon the death of Claudius, they were able to move back to Rome. Verse 4, Who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Amen. They exposed themselves by helping other Christians. They exposed themselves by helping other Christians and churches. They became noticed. She became noticed. Those two, Aquila and Priscilla, they became seen they became exposed it was dangerous for them now and paul says uh, they laid down their own necks does anybody not know what it means to lay down your own neck it means being prepared for the ex executioner That's right. lay down your neck so he he had uh, they had risked their lives <clears throat> and exposed themselves to danger to help others and to meet their needs Verse 5, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epionetus, who was the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ. Nope, I got that wrong. It's Apollos. It's spelled different here than it is on my notes. I got a funny A-E thing together. You all got that? How do you pronounce that? A-E. Anyways, my computer wrote a, uh, read it as. Yeah. I don't know. It is now. That's just the first one. I got 23 more to go. <laughs> so he. Um, Salute my well-beloved Epionetus, who was the first fruits of Achaia under Christ. So Apollos and Priscilla had this church in their home. They didn't have a church building. They didn't have a facility. They didn't have a building like ours. They had to go in a They were almost underground. They had small groups, small... And it was somebody's home or somebody's barn. It was somebody's... It was an isolated little group. They didn't have a central 
First Baptist Church of Rome. Because they would be exposed. So they met in these, and they rotated around and met in these homes. The bigger homes had more people in them. The smaller homes had small groups in them. That's how they met. That's how they uh, worshipped back then in that city. The first fruits, uh, which are the first fruits gathered during the harvest, are, are offered to the Lord. We discussed that before in some previous chapters. So Paul calls, uh, called Epin, Epinetus the first fruits, the great spiritual harvest gathered in uh, Achaia. Verse 6. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor upon us. I had to work on that one for a while. <laughs> Mar Mar Mary. That was a tough one. But I've heard it before in the Bible, so I, I caught on pretty quick. Verse 7. Salute. Don't tell me. Andronicus. And Unia, my kinsmen, and my fellow what? Prisoners. Prisoners. Paul was a jailbird. He spent years in prison, and he met folks. What did they talk about? Oh, I'll tell you where the money's hid if you help me get out. No. Talked about the Bible. Talked Amen. about Jesus. Amen. Okay? He talked about, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Do you know this him? That's what he talked about. That was the best part of being in prison. Paul was there. My fellow prisoners. My kinsmen, back in chapter 9, verse 3, Paul called almost all the Jews his kinsmen. Okay? They were fellow Jews, my kinsmen. And that's, that's probably accurate. But there are many other Jews uh, that are mentioned here and, and not designated as kinsmen. Okay? So... So some of them he specifically uh, designates as, you know, kinsmen in the fact that they're related somehow, maybe, you know, distant or whatever it is, but, but they're related somehow. So um, he kind of uses that word in both ways. The Jews are my kinsmen, but I also got Jews that are from a tribe of Benjamin. You know, they're, they're closer to me than some others. My fellow prisoners, he'd been confined with these guys. Uh, back in Second Second Colossians eleven twenty three, he he says, "Are they ministers of Christ? They speak as a fool. I am more, and labors more often in stripes above measure. That's more than forty nine, I believe. And in prisons, frequent, frequent. I mean, he knew the drill. He knew the position. Assume the position. You know, he he knew how to do that. You know, hands up, cuff stuff. He'd been there and done that." But it didn't stop him, did it? I was in jail one time for a day in Missouri. I never went back there and drove truck again. Because I was in Jackson County, Missouri, and I got stopped because my truck was a piece of junk. And they didn't like my school. And that guy I told you about in the county mountain looked like the guy you think about. You know, the smoky the bear hat, sunglasses, the aviator sunglasses. You in a whole heap of trouble, son? I was in a whole heap of trouble. <laughs> they red tagged my truck and put me in a holding tank for until my school got back there and got my truck. I've never gone back there. 
I had a chance to go through Missouri. I didn't go through that county. <laughs> I went above it, back down. I'm afraid of those folks. I checked my cell phone for, I bet they're probably tracking me by now. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't like it there, man. Those guys are tough. You had a whole heap of trouble, climb down. <clears throat> yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> Just driving around for my school. What school do you go to? That Kansas City Diesel Driver School? I said, yes, sir. So we don't like them. We don't like them trucks going through our county because they junk. I said, really? He goes, oh, yeah. And they was, he was right. They were junk. They were worn out old things, man. Boy. International cab over, Freightliner cab over. Boy. Junk. Unsafe at any speed. <laughs> we were on the freeways driving those things around with concrete, barrels of concrete in the back give us a load. You know, but boy, we had unsafe. Man. If I had a bus like that, I would blow it in place. It was bad. Man. Had to get off on that. First number eight. <clears throat> Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. He's given all these folks some real, you know, my my beloved, my my friend, my you know, whatever it is, my fellow prisoner, my kinsman. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ. And let me find that word. I got it right here. Verse number nine. Uh, Stachies. You get that? Stat Stachies. Statues. Okay, that's how you say that word, according to my computer. He's got a different accent than I have, though. He has that computer accent. Statues. So I said, okay, statues. I wrote that down. Urbane is a Roman name. A lot of these names are Greek, some of them are Roman. This is a Roman name, Urbanus, and it's coveted after this by many bishops in Rome. So back when... A lot of folks wanted to name themselves Urbane. Our helper in Christ. Same was said about Priscilla and Aquila. Statues, my beloved, is also a Greek name, and some have reported that he was the first bishop in Constantinople. Back when. So interesting about these folks. And Paul speaks highly of these folks. Verse number 10. Salute Apelles, approved in Christ. Salute them which are of uh, Aristobulus' household. Apelles, this name was also found upon uh, among the uh, descendants of the emperor. Paul was into the emperor's family and servants. He was in there. He was witnessing to them. Approved in Christ means they were faithful, and it means something else. They were tried and stood. There's one thing to be faithful, have faith. It's something else to be tried. When all the smoke clears, you're still there. That's that kind of faithfulness there. When the smoke clears, you're still there and the other guys are gone. You know, that's the kind of faith that really pleases God. Under persecution, you stand there, and you take it, and you don't give in. You don't budge. You trust God. So that's what the approved of Christ means here. Fidelity to Christ, faithfulness, 
has been tried and stood the test. Every persecution, I don't want to be persecuted. Every persecution, though, is a trial, isn't it? It's a test. I get persecuted. I was persecuted back in California. I, some kid on a bus route, and this guy came after me with a circular saw. <laughs> I only had about a nine-foot cord, though. <laughs> so, so what you do? Throw it at me now? Look, I throw it at you. <laughs> Anyways, we walked away quickly. Yeah, this guy didn't like us. Didn't like our church. Didn't like his daughter on our bus route. So she stopped coming. Yeah, he came out there with a circle. So he's out in his garage. Oh, you're the people that, you know, and he walks towards me with a sing. Power cord comes up. Good thing he didn't have a long extension cord. That would have been in trouble. But he didn't. So that's not persecution. That's just an embarrassing thing that happened. <laughs> Salute them which are of Aristobus' household. It's not that these folks themselves were Christians. Their household was. Aristobulus and uh, we'll see later on uh, Narcissus, they weren't saved, but their families were, their servants were, people in their household were. Okay? So it says, of Aristobulus' household. Didn't say he. Didn't say him. Okay? And it doesn't say that he was a Christian, but you're talking about his servants and folks in his household. Verse 11, Salute Herodian, my kinsmen, greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. According to the flesh, Herodian was uh, of the same tribe of Benjamin. He was probably somehow related to Paul, possibly. So uh, this household of Narcissus is the same Phrases that was in the verse before. He's of their house, their others, his household, but it doesn't include him. Okay? So it includes some others, including him, probably were not Christians. Verse number 12 Salute Tryphenia and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved uh, Persis, which labored much in the Lord. What do you see the difference in these two verses? Nope. Well, yeah. What else do you see? <laughs> Persian prayer. The difference is one is uh, those who labor and those which labored. Look at the verse. Much. Much. Difference there, huh? Paul distinguishes them. They labored. They labored much. Okay, so he makes this distinction. Several men, several women, as well as men, are... are are read about here, but uh, in verse, in the first two uh, ladies here, Tryphenia and Tryphosa, Tryphenia and Tryphosa, labored in the Lord and in the service of Christ, but salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. He gave this woman a higher commendation, calling her the beloved Persis. So Paul recognized that, didn't he? Yes, I remember seeing him. I remember being with him. They labored. She labored much. She did more than they did. She went above and beyond what others have done. Verse 13. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. 
Let's know again, a guy named Rufus. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, meaning uh, a precious one. This guy was specifically named here by Paul. Salute Rufus. He's special. Um, look, at, uh, look at Mark chapter 15, verse 21. Who's Rufus? Mark 15, verse 21. And they compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. Not positively sure, but most scholars, most commentators think this is the same Rufus. This is the same guy. When Mark wrote his gospel, he mentioned Rufus and Alexander. They were known by those who whom uh, Mark wrote this um, his his gospel, they knew Rufus and his mother and mine. His mother by nature, Paul knew their mom. His mother, his mother by nature, uh, mine by affection. Okay, how many of you, when you were a kid, you had a neighbor that had a great mom that did stuff your mom didn't do, like eat cookies and not chase around the house and beat you, that kind of stuff. You know, you, you like them a lot. Okay? You remember that. You like them a lot. And you, you stayed at the house a lot because you liked your best friend was there and her mom was great, dad was fun, and then you had to go home. You know, that's what Paul's kind of saying here. Mind by affection. His mom, because she's his mom, she's my mom because I like her a lot. Treats me nice. She's good to me and... Uh, all that kind of stuff. So uh, he's he's talking about his affection for the mother of Rufus. Salute, verse 14. Salute, uh, a syncre, a syncre to, a syncre, a, I just all set up in my mind this morning and I did a brain dump in a way and I was like, I don't know what happened. A syncretus. I think it's a, <coughs> Phlegon, Phlegon, Hermes, uh, Petrobus, Hermes, and their brethren which are with them. These persons all uh, are Christians who were somehow acquainted with Paul and had served with Paul sometime along the way, okay? And they were in Rome. All these folks he's met other places ended up in Rome, just like they do here. It's like going to the, you know, I preach at the rescue mission. Where are you all from? New York. Down south, where else were you from? Everywhere. How did you get to Bellingham? Freight train? Where are you going? Alaska? Going to go fishing, make all the money in the world? And then what? <laughs> you know, but people came all over and they got through here because this was the way to Alaska. We just, yeah, it was amazing, folks. All these different accents out there Boston, New York, New Jersey. Guys deep south, all these, it was neat to ask them that. And they all got here the same way, pretty much. Hitchhike or freight train. They used to come up from Everett by freight train and stop in Bellingham just to, just to visit some folks. They knew a lot of folks. They'd come to the rescue mission. I'd see them once in a while. 
You know, they'd be, yeah, I just hop the train, come up here, visit for a while. Yeah, it was amazing. But Paul knew these folks. They knew Paul. So both <laughs> men and women are included in this, this, this passage where all these folks are mentioned. Verse 15, salute uh, uh, Philogu, Philogus, Philogus, and Julia and Nervous, near us, I mean, Nervous. <laughs> Imagine, I should have made that a better R than a V. That's R, Nervous, not Nervous. And his sister Olympus, all the saints with them, he says. You know, more than five people are mentioned here. Men and women. All these folks that Paul knew, and he hadn't been to Church of Rome yet. Yeah. But somehow he knew of or kept in touch with all these folks he, and knew about them. He was acquainted with them. Amen. So they... They met in all these homes around Rome. Maybe a lot of them in one home. Maybe little homes had little groups different weeks of the month. Who knows? But they met and they all knew. Okay? And that's great. Of course, Priscilla and Aquila were able to provide probably a bigger, they had a bigger home from what I understand. And they could have more people there. This role of names... These some 24 people or however many it was. This role of names is so sacred to Christianity. Why is that? And it's not just names. What does it represent? They're among the redeemed that are doing what we're doing, but they did it back then. Faithful Christians meeting and worshiping God. Amen. And he names them here. And they're a list of people that were just like us. That's right. Had a family, had a job, met every week as much as they could, and they served Jesus. Amen. And they loved Jesus. And they served, and they lived, and they passed on. And here we are, 2,000 years later, doing the same thing. Right. We don't know much about them. I didn't study real deep into these folks, find out who they are and where they live, you know. I just looked up their names a little bit to find out who they might be. Um, some of them are really important to Paul. Some of them, he just knew them as an acquaintance, but he knew they were there in Rome, and he wanted to, to mention their names. Amen. So it's our privilege to, to look at these names here and know these folks stuck by the stuff. And you know what else? Folks after them stuck by the stuff or... By our time, there wouldn't be more stuff to stick to. That's right. So generations, people serve Christ and got passed on, passed on, passed on. Here we are today. Amen. And we're under attack just like they were back then. Okay. Uh, verse 16. Paul says, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. How many of you ever saluted somebody? I learned that in the military. I was a salutor for eight years. And then I had about 16 years of being a salutee, the guy that got saluted. 
course, I had to salute people that were higher than me, but, you know, eh. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I did it right. I was a good guy. <laughs> I was a good guy. Yeah. Saluting. You, you're showing respect to somebody, okay? Unless they're a second lieutenant, then you just kind of <laughs> walk by them. I had a West Point cadet one time when I was a young war officer. West Point cadet would come out to these active Army units and spend a summer there. I had this West Point cadet. I think it was in his senior year. I walked by. He said, you're supposed to salute me. I said, say what? He said, you're supposed to salute me, war officer. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what kind of rank you're wearing, but it ain't in this Army. So I'm West Point senior cadet. I said, you know what your pay grade is? Equal to? E4. I don't salute corporals either, you know? And he kind of left in a huff, you know? I said, remember this guy. Going to be lieutenant here pretty soon. Yeah. In fact, one of those guys I served with, one of those knuckleheads. Yeah, I remember that a couple years later somewhere else. I remember you. Yeah. I'm not going to salute you here either. Because <laughs> yeah, you're a knucklehead. But anyways, salutes this, 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 this great thing of respect. Salute them. Recognize them with a holy kiss. He's not saying kiss everyone for me. He's saying kiss each other. We don't do that here. They do it in the Middle East. They do it in Israel. That's a show of affection. Spiritual affection even, okay? Um, we don't do that here. It's probably a good thing. Um, but it was a sacred kiss, a sign of affection and a greeting. Who else kissed somebody that was bad? Judas, Judas did. He betrayed Christ with a holy kiss. You know? And Jesus knew it. He knew it. So he refers to all the churches of Christ, all the Christians, everywhere during this time period, especially the congregations that were founded by Paul. Salute them. Recognize them. Help them. Next week we're going to start verse 17. And this is the one that talks about the divisions. And this is a pretty sharply worded warning here and it's important it's current today because i've been there and seen that sometimes they're around they're circling around they try to come in they disrupt they try to destroy they disrupt but you got to get them out otherwise they'll take over your church it's serious stuff that's how Satan attacks churches now, from within. Someone said, if Satan can't destroy a church, he'll join it. And he destroys it from the inside out. And that's how it works. How many churches have we seen, heard about, Amen. destroyed? Pastor falls or gets discredited. All these things that Satan does to attack the leadership of the church... It's happened here. This isn't the same group I saw back 21 or 22 years ago when I first joined here. Is it the same group? They're gone. Some of them need to be gone. 
let's tell you, disruptors, you know. But Paul warns about that. It's a real thing. Okay? The most susceptible people to cults are disgruntled church members. Cults just gobble them up. You know enough, but not very much. Otherwise, you'll still be in church. And they gobble you right up. The Bible tells us how. We'll learn that next week. It's our word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for the lesson. Father, pray God you bless the pastors he preaches, Lord, today. And pray God you're being visitors, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.